we were going out into the village during rainy season and so we had loaded up in my truck it's a it's a hilux i'm i really love that truck it's sweet but anyway uh so we're driving out there and we have one of our ministry partners in the car with us his name is james and james is amazing i could do a whole nother hour podcast on James mm-hmm. alone, but we we're driving out to go pick up another one of our elder members of our team. He's like 74 oh. and lives out in the village about 30 minutes down a dirt road from the main road okay. and then 30 minutes back to go wherever we're going to go. And so we're driving down this little road, bumping all over the place. And uh, James and I are having a good time drifting around the mud and stuff, kind of <laughs> just doing what it takes to get there. And as we're going, there's this motorbike behind us and this guy is on it. And I can just like, I can tell he's trying to get every angle mm. as he's coming up behind. He's like kind of mm. going left and right. He's just trying to take in the truck because he loves the truck, right? Well, I thought he was trying to pass. So I start to slow down and scoot over. So he, <laughs> he goes around and as he goes around, I mean, he is turned all the way around looking at the truck (laughs) and he's turned all the way around and he's just going and he almost drops the bike (laughs) turned all the way around recovers real quick slides in the mud a little bit turns back around to keep looking at the truck hits a low-hanging tree branch almost drops the bike again still is looking back Almost drops it again, then finally straightens up and goes off. <laughs> and James, without skipping a beat, is sitting in the, the passenger seat and he just goes, ah, that man there, he's really wrestling with an evil spirit of Lot's wife. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, so that was great. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Man. Awesome. Great story. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck. And I am Brandon Barton. We are here with Austin Fairchild. Austin Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Austin Fairchild. Uh, I was born and raised here in Arlington, Texas. Uh, I went to Lake Church. That's where I gave my life to the Lord at an early age of seven. Uh, From there, I went to high school in Martin, graduated, went to Texas A&M. Gig'em. Gig'em. Gig'em Aggies. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And... uh, uh, at Texas A&M was where I really fell in love with the Lord, where the Lord really got me and uh, kind of gave me a heart for missions. And as I kind of progressed through that, I was th- th- it was a whole process, which I'll get into in a minute. But uh, now uh, my wife and I are full-time missionaries in Zambia, Africa. Mm, so wow. that's the 35,000 foot view. <laughs> yeah. So this podcast is all about 
our lives being changed by Jesus. So mm-hmm. you mentioned being saved at a very young age. So tell me what, what your life was like, you know, before Christ, but how did you find Christ and accept him in your life? And then how has he changed your life? Yeah. So, I mean, God really blessed me with God fearing parents. Mm. I mean, they absolutely loved the Lord and did their, did their absolute best to make sure that we were in church on Sundays without being overbearing, but it was just, we were in church on Sundays, making sure that we had our own relationship with the Lord, that we would spend our own time praying and reading the word and mm-hmm. doing all those sorts of things. And at the age of seven, uh, I just responded to an altar call here at Lake Church and uh, went down and gave my life to the Lord. And it was kind of a no-brainer decision. Um, I just remember the altar call being offered and my mom just kind of looked at me and she was like, do you want to do you want to go down front? Do you want to give your life to the Lord? And I was like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I thought it was only for big people, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so we went down and uh, gave my life to the Lord. And uh, that was when I was born again, for sure. Mm. And then, uh, like I said, they would, they would read Bible stories all the time before we would leave for school in the morning. Mom would do morning devotions with us. She'd pray with us send us off to school, you know, be a blessing, go (laughs) do your best, all that sort of stuff. And it was great. And I just, I remember even from a very early age, just the only way anything in Christianity made any sense was if God was a personal God Mm -hmm. and not just like far off. No, he was like right there. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times that I would pray at night, I just would act as if I was like talking to him right then and there. Yeah. And I remember very specifically, uh, I was probably, I wasn't too, it wasn't too much later after that. It might've been nine or 10. I was just, uh, the bedtime story that night was King Solomon and how mm. the Lord visited him in a dream and said, uh, you know, whatever you want, because of how much I love your father, David, just ask it of me and it's yours. Hmm. And Solomon asked for wisdom, of course, and, you know, the rest is history. But I remember just kind of meditating on that story at night and I was just laying there, you know, my parents had already gone to bed. So I'm just sitting there and I'm talking to God, but I've always had a really hard time sleeping. (laughs) So this was great, you know, (laughs) that was when I would talk to God a lot is when I was laying there, couldn't fall asleep. And I just remember asking the Lord, like, you know, God, Solomon was a man. And I'm a person just like him. So like, what's the difference between him and my, him and I, do I, do I also have access to this wisdom that you gave to him? And I, I hang on. and you were held, I point? was like nine or 10 hmm. and it was just a really simple ask, but it was sure. just like, you know, Lord, is this wisdom available? Hmm. And it wasn't like I heard the audible voice of the Lord or anything, but I definitely felt like the tangible presence of the Lord in the room. And I don't know how to describe it other than it just felt like he was smiling at me. And it was just, (laughs) it was kind of weird, honestly. I was just like, huh? Oh, okay. And went to sleep and just went on about my business. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything profound overnight, but I just remember going to, 
you know, going to church, going to Sunday schools, going to youth events, all that sort of stuff. And it was just the biblical concepts and also just the world around me just clicked. It just made Mm -hmm. sense. And I remember the adult Sunday school teachers would always go up to like my mom and dad and be like, you know, Austin doesn't talk much, but when he does, it's just like really wise and Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, (laughs) challenges me a little bit. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it's in the Bible. But, you know, it, was just, it, it was really simple. And so, it, you know, from there, it was really uh, it was really cool. But I, I always had that expectation of when I prayed, it wasn't like I was writing a letter to Santa Claus. Mm. You know, it wasn't like right. I was just sending a petition off and hoping that it would come back. Mm. or hoping that I would, there would be some fruit that it reached its destination. You know, it was very, uh, the, the conviction of my heart was very much that, no, I'm like, I'm talking to the Lord cause he's here with me mm-hmm. and I'm expecting that he knows how to talk to me too. Mm. And so from that point though, uh, I didn't really, um, I didn't really have anybody that I felt like I could talk to about that. I'm sure there was, there were people out there, but I remember asking some questions to, you know, uh, some of the adults at the time and they would just (laughs) kind of sit there confused and like, what do you mean you felt like you heard God say this? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Like, I I don't know. I just felt like that's what he said. I don't know how to explain it to you. And so it was just really weird and I felt kind of disconnected. I felt like maybe maybe that wasn't actually how you were supposed to talk to the Lord. Maybe that wasn't how you were mm-hmm. supposed to do things. And so uh, it, it kind of caused this just uncertainty. It wasn't like a rift, but it was uncertainty. And, you know, I was it, it all of a sudden when I was hearing from the Lord, it wasn't like I was definitely hearing from him. Mm. It was like, mm, this could be my own head. This could be something else entirely. I don't really know. And that's what it was. It was all, I don't know. And therefore just kind of leave it at that. And so from there, my prayer life did kind of become like petitions. And, um, you know, after that was where, uh, you know, puberty hit and hormones kicked in and, uh, got exposed to pornography at a young age. And it really gripped my life for a long time. And it wasn't because of that rift. That was the worst part. It was because like, you know, most of the time I I feel like I, I, like I, in my heart of hearts, I knew I could still go to God, but I didn't know why. Mm. And I still was very unsure of like, can I still go to God? Sure. Even though I'm struggling with all these things. And, um, just this, uh, just this uncertainty about it all, you know, like, did God still love me? Cause I gave my life to him and then I fell into sin. You know, it wasn't like I was, you know, a drug dealer right. for 40 years and then turned my life around. It was like, no, I was a good kid and what happened. And so because of that, it caused a lot of doubts in my mind. Mm. And, uh, from there just believed a lot of lies uh, from the enemy about who, who I was and also had this unrealistic expectation of who I needed to be. Mm, sure. And so I had this, you know, it, I, I had all of these scriptures that the enemy would honestly twist mm-hmm. to make me feel like I had 
completely screwed up. For sure. Like, you know, be holy as he is holy. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do it on my own. I don't know what to do. And so it was just all these. And Jesus is saying, yes, that's right. That's the point. Exactly. Exactly. And so anyway, it was just, honestly, it was a lack of discipleship Mm. in my life. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of the the early on um, sort of thing. And then when I went to... A&M. I was there for probably, it was a year and a half. And then me and my best friend moved into an apartment together and we're uh, just living. And he's a, he's a believer. He loved the Lord. Um, and we started going through some stuff at the same time, just all sorts of stuff. But he went through like this major depression. Mm. And so I was just, for a few weeks, I was just making sure that he was alive. <laughs> like, yeah, well. you know, just, uh, it, it sounds extreme, but he was just very sad. He was depressed. And so he wasn't eating. And so mm. I would force him to go eat junk food or anything, you know, just something. And <laughs> eventually it turned into like going to the rec facility at A&M and just working out. And uh, I was... He was a really strong guy. He's like D2, D1 athlete type person. Wow. He was the person that people would gather to watch do bench press and then it'd be my turn and they would leave. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just, it was what it was, but I was there for him, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so um, one day we're driving back from the wreck and Colton, he just looks at me and he's like, man, I feel like I've known God my whole life. I feel like I know all the church answers, all the Mm. Sunday school answers, but I feel like I don't, I feel like I've never experienced him. I don't know Mm. if, if he's even real, honestly. And I've, I've determined that I'm just going to dive in for whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever it takes. I'm just going all in both feet and just see what happens. He's like, but I don't really want to do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, will you do it with me? Will you be like, hold me accountable to doing it? Yeah. Make sure I don't chicken out even when it gets hard and all that sort of stuff. He's like, and I'll do the same for you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I never really thought about it, but let's do it. And that was super impactful. That was like what I would call like the first part of a, a real reded- rededication yeah, yeah, yeah. in my life. It was a, definitely a tipping point of, just chasing after God and letting him reveal himself. And so during that season, there was a whole lot of unlearning what I thought I knew just to allow the Lord to teach me using Mm -hmm. nothing but scripture and later on hearing his voice again, you know, and it, it was amazing how those two things will really expand your growth very rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would call that, uh, the victorious limp phase, if you're familiar with Brandon Manning, oh. that was definitely my life at that point in time. Cause it was still, all those sin struggles were still very sure. much there, but I was going after the Lord for whatever it looked like. Yeah. And the, the unfortunate thing is I was still trying to do it out of my own strength. Mm. I was still, I didn't, acknowledge that. I didn't think that was what I was doing, but it was like, if this thing's going to die, then I'm going to have to put it to death and all this sort of stuff. And it, uh, I I read not too long ago that, uh, it's impossible to crucify yourself physically. Mm -hmm. Like you can't commit suicide by crucifixion, 
But if you're going to be crucified with Jesus, somebody's got to put you up there. Mm. And so it was just kind of wow. this interesting concept of me still trying to do it. And it just wasn't working. And honestly, if I if I think back on that caricature, it really did feel like I was nailing this hand in and then tearing it off to nail this hand in. Yeah. <laughs> it just it wasn't working. And so anyway, but that was that was uh a big defining moment in my life for sure. Um, and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but no, you're good. Uh, yeah. So the other part that was really amazing after that sort of season, uh, was discipleship was brought into my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so Colton, my friend, he, uh, met this girl, they're married to this day. They have four kids. Um, but he met this girl, she invited him to a church in college station. And, uh, so he started going to this life group and he was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta check this out, man. You gotta come see it. And I was like, dude, no, like mm -hmm. you're only going there because there is one cute girl there that you're <laughs> dating. You know, like that is the whole reason you're going. I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> no, that's a waste of time. <laughs> but I started to see fruit in his life. I started to see him become a totally different person. And mm. like I said, he wasn't a bad person from before, but it, it was like something just ignited within him. And all of a sudden he was outreaching when we would go to the gym. He mm. was Wow. doing all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, you're crazy, man, but <laughs> I can tell God's moving. And so eventually he cornered me into going to that life group. And I do mean cornered. He, he walked into my room and I was studying or doing something. And, uh, at the time we, I forget what it was. I think it was the the wreck. He came in, he was like, Hey, are you doing anything? I want to go to the wreck here in a bit. And I was like, uh, no, I'm good. He's like, you got anything going the rest of the night? I was thinking about doing something after the wreck. I was like, no, I'm, I'm free. He's like, okay, cool. So you, you can come to the life group with me after the wreck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you got me. And he, as he's dragging me there, uh, he was just like, look, if you don't like it, you never have to go back. I won't, I won't ask you again, all that sort of stuff. And I went and I mean, I saw people that loved the Lord and it was weird to me. Mm -hmm. And it, it was I, like, I knew that the Lord was there. I knew he was in the midst, you know, but I was like, this is weird. I don't know mm -hmm. about it. And so I didn't go back. And about a month later, he comes up to me. He's like, so you really didn't like life? And I was like, no, it was fine. It was, it was okay. And he's like, well, you didn't go back. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of weird. And he's like, if you liked it, go back. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> and then from there, I like, I didn't miss one for years. Yeah. And so it was just a great community. And, um, one of my really good friends now, uh, just approached me at the life group and he was like, Hey man, have you ever been discipled by anyone? Has anyone ever, mm. you know, really just kind of walked through this thing with you? And I was, I was feeling pretty good at that point in time because all I'd been doing for the whole two semesters prior to that was going to class, drinking black coffee and reading the Bible. And that was it. And so I was like, I was feeling pretty good about my theology. I was feeling pretty good about my standing with the Lord. I was, you know, moving in the right direction. I was seeing growth. And so I was like, yeah, I think I could disciple people. I think that's something I could do. And he's like, well, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's meet up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I show up to the group and I thought I was discipling him for mm -hmm. the first like two minutes. And then it was, 
clearly not the case. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, well, but I, I just remember it was still pretty early on and, you know, like operating under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so I remember the Holy Spirit was just like, no, you need to go along with this. Like you need to, you need to humble yourself mm. and just kind of learn. And so I was like, okay. And so learned this process of discipleship and accountability. And I mean, it was amazing. Mm. Just like it, it is what's lacking in any believer that is lacking. I promise. Mm. Um, if, if there's, Anything I could say to, I mean, that's what, that's my, what my wife and I do in Zambia is yeah. discipleship mm-hmm. because that's the great commission, you know, it, it's not just a good suggestion. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got to see a group of people that were really on fire for the Lord. And I was just challenged in a lot of ways. Cause I mean, these people, they would wake up at like six in the morning to pray over each other before they went to class. And I'm wow. like, I don't know. I can't even get up for my 8 a.m. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like this is, I don't know about this. And they were like, they were fasting. They were praying. Yeah. They were worshiping the Lord, having worship nights. And, mm. you know, there wasn't a teaching. It was just worshiping for the sake of like giving glory to God. Yeah. And it was so cool and so amazing to see. And I mean, there was a couple of things that I was a little weirded out by at first, but Man, the Holy Spirit just led me through scripture after scripture mm-hmm. after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, mm-hmm. <laughs> so on and so forth, just to prove that he, prove that he was there, that he was moving, and that it wasn't just you know some you know just weird thing. It, it yeah. was actually him moving in mm-hmm. power amongst people, mm-hmm. and so that was amazing. Um, and like I, uh, like I said, this is still kind of the victorious limp season. And so I'm seeing all of this, I'm feeling really challenged and I'm still trying to do things in my own strength. Mm. And so I'm feeling just the, the peaks and the valleys are miles apart right. and oscillating every day, every yeah. hour, <laughs> just mm. all sorts of stuff. But the Lord was just proving himself faithful. Um, and so I would I would kind of describe where I was at that point, kind of like how the Bible describes Apollos in Acts mm. 18. Like I, I was familiar, I was eloquent in the scriptures, right. I was eloquent in the knowledge and things like that, but I, like I didn't really understand the fullness that God had sure. for me. And so I remember that was very readily <laughs> apparent to me. We, I was at a barbecue with this life group, minding my own business. It was just a normal Saturday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon in summer. And we we're throwing Frisbees around and stuff like that. And uh, one of my friends is in this friend group. There's a new girl there that has this boot on her foot, like a medical boot. Mm. And um, I just... I heard screaming over there, like while I'm just throwing Frisbee around, but it was like happy screaming. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and so I go over there and the girl is like throwing the boot and like running around and jumping up and down. I was like, what just happened? What is going on here? Apparently one of my friends had gone over there and was just like, Hey, I just, I see you're in a boot. I want to pray that the Lord heals you quickly. Um, can I do that? She was like, yeah, sure. So she just put a hand on her, started praying. And she was like, I guess let's take the book boot off, see what it looks like, you know? 
So she takes the boot off and it just looks like a normal foot. And everybody's like, okay, great. But that girl starts screaming and she was like, you don't understand. This was purple and green and bruised and all sorts of things. Wow. 10 minutes ago when I left my house, this is nuts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sitting here, I'm freaked out. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> what? Hang on a second. I was like, I have no grid for this. I have, I just want some barbecue, man. I'm a poor college student. And someone was offering, barbecue exactly, Come on. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, but that, that group was like, listen, God heals people. Is there anybody else that needs healing? And so another girl was there with a medical shoe where one leg was medically an inch and a half longer than the other one. And so they prayed for her and she walked home not needing that shoe. And there was another guy there that had a very similar thing. And he literally took a step back away from everyone. Is like, I don't know what's going on here. This is crazy. You, I don't want anybody to touch me or pray for me. Like I'm going to go home with my entry. It was the wildest experience to this day. I've never seen Whoa. something quite so just like just God, just dropping his power and his presence yeah. in a mm. place. And I, it's just a backyard barbecue. <laughs> and so I was just, I was blown away. And so that's when I started really pressing in for the Lord of just like, what does it look like? Mm. Like, you know, and I flash back to that experience where I was like, Lord, you know, you gave this to Solomon. Is 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 there availability for me on this? Right. Yeah. And I was just like, Lord, is this something else that I've been missing out on? Is this is there more of you in this and all this other sort of stuff? And uh my initial reaction was to like kind of, you know, I'm 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 really I'm I'm theology based, you know, I'm, okay. I, I exist in between my ears and <laughs> just like, <laughs> this is, I have no grid for this. And so my first reaction was almost to condemn it and mm. just be like, I don't know what this is. I think this might be demonic. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And like the Holy spirit forbade me in that moment, just like, do not pronounce anything against this. Mm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I like, I, I left that and I mean, this is probably a whole nother sermon that someone else can do much better on. All I know is that the Holy Spirit led me into the passage of scripture where it talks about blasphemy mm. against the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the context of it was Jesus casting out demons and the Pharisees telling him that he was doing it mm. by a demon. Mm. And so that was all that I needed to just be like, all right, look, if they're, if they're for God, great. If they're, <laughs> if there's something nefarious, then it's That's out of them. my pay grade. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I'm right. just going to hold my tongue and move on. And so <laughs> it was crazy. And that was really early on in this group and in this mm. discipleship process. Mm. And so I had no grade for it. And <laughs> they, they released a little bit later that they were going to go on a mission trip to, uh, to a closed country in North Africa. And uh, <laughs> I I didn't go. I was just like, no, I'm not there yet. If these people are gonna do this stuff, I'm not gonna go to a closed country and you know, I'm, <laughs> nope, not gonna happen. And so I didn't go, but hearing the testimonies of what God did, not just in the people that they would minister to, but in yeah. the, the lives of people that I already knew, right, was so incredible that I just determined from from there that I was 
Like I was not going to miss the next mission trip. Hmm. So <laughs> the next summer rolls around. I'm loving the Lord. I'm still struggling trying to do things on my own. So I, I like I don't want to sugarcoat that part of my testimony because sure. it, it just demonstrates the power of God and how little of a role we actually play. Come on, yeah. it's it, it's we are just vessels of the living God. Right which still blows my mind, <laughs> still blows my mind. But anyway, uh, so the next mission trip was to Mongolia mm. in Asia. And so I just decided, you know what? I, I'm kind of unexpected. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go. And the Lord was just like, you want to go. <laughs> so I was like, okay. All right, I'll go. And so I remember I texted my mom and I was just like, Hey, are you planning a, a summer vacation for this next summer? Uh, like a family vacation for this next summer. If you are, don't plan it for June. Cause I'm going to be gone the whole month. And she was like, where are you going? <laughs> I told her I'm going on a mission trip to Mongolia. And she goes, do I get a say in this? And I said, no. Nope. Nope. Uh, Between me and the spirit, mom. Exactly. And she was like, okay. And just let me go. And so it was great. We were over in Mongolia for a little over 30 days, a little over a month. I only know that because our flights got delayed a little bit and we ended up having to get visas to stay in there oh, wow. past 30 days. And so that was a whole yeah. interesting thing in and of itself. But we got to put on a missions conference yeah. in Mongolia, Whoa. like help facilitate, you know, set up lights, live stream, all that sort of stuff, yeah. pass out the communion wafers, you know, all the, all the, uh, the important jobs of that, you know, but it was a missions conference specifically geared around Eastern Asia. Hmm. And when you start to think about how many closed countries are in that area yeah. and there were representatives at this conference from almost all of them, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were like indigenous to their area, Whoa. but because Mongolia is not like super, uh, <laughs> super strict or anything, right. it was, they were able to come in, come and go like yeah. even those in China. And so just watching these people come into an atmosphere where they get to share testimonies, where they get to hear teachings on mm -hmm. the Lord, when they get to hear scripture read openly over a microphone, where they get to worship God mm -hmm. without restraint, without a, you know, having to keep it down because somebody might hear and stuff, man, uh -huh. it was powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, I determined from that point, I was like, I'm not going to miss another short-term trip that these guys go on as long as I can. I'm going to go on every one that I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the next year I went to Thailand just for a couple weeks and uh, it was really cool. It was a really awesome experience. Um, but the, the thing that marked me from that trip was we were, we were having a worship night towards the end, just kind of to debrief with God, you know, just kind of yeah. talk with him about what all he had been doing, what all he was doing in us, what all he was doing in the area, you know, any questions that we had, For sure. bring them to the Lord, you know, that sort of thing. And I just remember I was feeling good. Like it was just a, a normal worship night for me, yeah. which... Uh, I could go off on another story on that. But. <laughs> so it's just another normal worship night. And then all of a sudden, uh, I just felt like the Lord asked me a simple question of like, Austin, can I have your yes? Hmm. And I was like, 
To what? <laughs> I thought it was a fair question. <laughs> you don't even know that yet. <laughs> but the Lord, <laughs> it was almost like he just kind of like threw an elbow a little mm-hmm. bit and kind of like, I mean, he's like, does it matter? Does it matter to what the the yes is? <laughs> and so um, I was like, uh, and then this reel just started to roll mm-hmm. of like, uh, it, it was probably the closest I've ever come to like a, like a, a vision or something like sure. that, if you will. Like I, all I know is like, I was just picturing all of these things that I could possibly have to give up Yeah. yeah. in answer, like, yes to God. And so it was like career, it was family, mm. friends, future wife at that point, kids, whatever. And it was like, all this stuff was just like rolling. And at the end of it, I was just kind of sitting there, just kind of shell-shocked a little bit. And the Lord was like, so can I have your yes? <laughs> so I was like bawling at this point. <laughs> and I, I just said, yes, Lord, you can have my yes. Like, it's yours. My whole life is yours. And that that was what marked me. And mm-hmm. uh, then the the next summer rolled around and I was really excited. The short-term trip was to Indonesia. And so I was like, I was, I was excited for it, man, I was ready to go. And <laughs> I remember the guy I was doing discipleship with at that time, uh, he was challenging us in the discipleship. He's like, I- I've heard that the majority of the American church is just one to three simple steps of obedience away from radical breakthrough in their lives. Mm. He was like, so we're going to take a second and ask the Lord was three simple things we can obey. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I was like, all right. And so I wrote down the, the three things and one of them was pretty trivial. I don't remember what it was. The second one was like the first and don't really remember what it was. But the, the third one was, he was like, and I want you to go to Indonesia. And so I was like, okay. So I wrote down Indonesia and I'm like, sweet. And he goes, I want you to go for the three month internship though, not oh. for the the week. <laughs> so I wrote a question mark. <laughs> I'm just being honest, y'all. So uh, I wrote a question mark. You can it's, have my yes, but I did a question. Hang on. I, I was going to make sure yeah. that that's can what he bring, was saying. Can you bring clarity, Lord, please? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Confirmation. That's yeah. right. And that, that's exactly what it was. I was like, uh, if you're really calling me to do this, yes. If I just ate something weird for lunch, then <laughs> I'm, I don't know about that. Kind of more of a, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, the Lord confirmed it though. It was wild. Yeah. I, I gave him some conditions after that. I was like, all right, Lord, like you can have my yes, but, um, I, I want you to, uh, I was, I said, you're going to have to do all of the fundraising for me for this trip. Cause I'm not super envisioned for this. Yeah. Like I'm envisioned for a one week trip. I'm not envisioned for three months. So you're going to have to do all of the fundraising for it. Right. And second, you're going to have to convince my parents to let me go. Cause at this point it was like the last summer where I was supposed to get like a real job. You know, I was supposed mm-hmm. to be out, fly mm-hmm. the coop, all that sort of stuff. And so I was like, you're going to have to convince my mom and dad and just felt like the Lord said deal. 
Oh, dang. I should have. <laughs> Wait, there'll be more. Hang on, Lord. Hold on. Can I get a Big Mac? You know, <laughs> throw something else in there. Uh, throw in 10,000 bucks while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's about what I needed to go for yeah, those wow. three months. It was a little bit less than that, but it was about that much. And I remember the next time I was in Arlington, I was riding in the car with my mom. We were going to dinner somewhere and she just kind of gets quiet. And I was like, just driving. Hmm. Whenever my mom and I go somewhere, I usually drive. She doesn't like to drive. So I'm driving and she just gets kind of quiet. I was like, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> and she goes, so where are you going to, are you going to go on a mission trip this summer? And I was like, yes. She was like, so wh where is it? What are the options? All that sort of stuff. I was like, well, the, the destination is Indonesia this year. And uh, there's a one month trip and a three month trip. And she's like, are you going to go on the three month trip? <laughs> she asked it exactly like that. Like, are you going on the three month trip? And I said, yeah, I think I am. She goes, I knew it. <laughs> she said, I was actually on the, the website for the church and I saw that they were sending teams like that. And she was like, it was like the one week trip wasn't even an option. I just knew I had to prepare for you to go for mm. several months. Oh. And so I was like, that is, that is confirmation right there. <laughs> so uh, I went, I mean, it was awesome. And the way that I kind of describe why those three trips are important is it was kind of like Noah's Ark, right? Mm. For a biblical metaphor, you know, when the flood starts subsiding mm -hmm. and so they send out the bird. Right. And the bird comes back. That was kind of like Mongolia. Yeah. Mm. Then the second time he sends out the bird and it comes back with an olive branch. Yeah. And I was like, that was like Thailand with giving God my yes. You yeah, know? yeah. And then they send out the bird a third time and it doesn't come back. And I knew, I kind of knew subliminally at that point in time, I like, I feel like I might've repressed it for a while, but I knew that the Lord had something for me. Mm at that point. And it was just, it was an irrevocable calling, you yeah. know? And so anyway, uh, after that, I went and I got a job in commercial real estate and that was my mission field yeah. for two years and Lord knows they needed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun though. It was fun. Um, and then, uh, I was there for yeah a little over two years and at the height of the pandemic, the Lord told me to leave my job. <laughs> Yeah. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. And so, but you gave him your yes. So, uh, ex exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, a lot of people were told to leave their job. <laughs> yeah. Not by the Lord. Not by the Lord. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, that's the thing. Is I like, I kept thinking somebody was going to tell me I was crazy. I went and I talked to like, I talked to the person that was doing my, dis like, doing discipleship with me at that time. Yeah. I talked to the people I was discipling at that time. I talked to like my three or four best friends. Uh, I talked to my dad. <laughs> and I, I was expecting somebody to be like, mm, why don't you pump the brakes? You know, we're in the middle, the middle of the global pandemic here. Yeah. Not the best time to, you know, leave your job. <laughs> but yeah. when I asked the Lord for clarity on it, he just said, you're going to go to the land that I'll show you. And so I was like, mm. huh, that's weird. Uh, I assumed since he got me that job in commercial real estate that he was taking me from that job to the land he would show me of another job mm -hmm. and i applied to so many different places mm -hmm. i like 
I probably broke Indeed just applying to so many different <laughs> places. <laughs> and uh, I never got so much as an email confirmation wow. back. It was wild. I mean, it was uh, the pandemic. Nobody was hiring. Right. But mm -hmm. it was just wild to see nobody email back or call back or answer my call or do anything. So wow. I was like, huh. So I was like, Lord, I thought you, I thought you wanted me to leave this job. He's like, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I gave my company two months notice that I was leaving. And I, <laughs> I two months notice that I was leaving. Dang. And I told him, I was like, I'll train my replacement. Yeah. I'll do all this sort of stuff. Um, but, and I know you're not going to understand this, but it's just something I got to do. Like the Lord is telling me to do this. And I found out later they were building a book against me because uh, they were convinced that I was violating my non-compete. Mm. And <laughs> so they were ready to like take oh, me so to they court. they thought you were jumping to another company. Oh, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, okay. that's exactly what they thought. They're like, there's no way that he would actually leave his job. It's the middle of the pandemic. He's, he's being secretive for a reason. <laughs> just, that's awesome. No, I'm not being secretive. I just genuinely don't know. So that was crazy. Um, wow. But yeah. Mm. Cool. So um, you, you talked a little bit about uh, your life leading up to um, going off and, and, and getting into ministry or getting into missions mm -hmm. at this point. But there was an, another big life uh, change for you. And uh, yes, indeed, you, you got you got married. Yeah. Yeah. So I left that job. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. And I was happily unemployed for two months. Okay. And I get a call out of the blue from the the friend of mine that uh, he and I jumped in with both feet together. So my friend called Golden. me. He called yeah. me. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, hey, don't hang up. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's it's always how you like to hear from your friend. Yeah, exactly. Right way to start the conversation. It's like, don't hang up. That's you a, already lost me. That's the first thing I want to do now. You're, you're on thin ice, but go ahead. And he was like, you know that I know how adamantly opposed to blind dates you are, right? Mm. <laughs> so I was like, wow. is that where this is going? <laughs> He's like, I, there, there's a girl you really got to meet, man. He's like, uh, you know, she's she's a missionary in Africa. So worst case scenario, you'd never have to see her again. <laughs> <Words. He's> like, <laughs> that's that was his sales pitch, and he was like, but uh, he was like, I I'm calling in my my one my one chip oh, on this. this like this token. is this that's is it. the one time that I will advocate cool. for it, and so I was like. All right, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah. So Tessa and I went on a blind date on, uh, it was December 30th of 2020. Okay. And uh, like I said, I was unemployed. Did you have to wear a mask? Uh, I think we did, but, you know, once you get to the table and they That's bring true. the whatever. Or actually, we went to axe throwing, so there was no table. <clears throat> and was there even any mask? I don't think there was any mask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was any mass. There was just axes. Okay. So <laughs> cool. it was great. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a funny story in and of itself. I picked her up and it was obvious that she had had her arm twisted into being into that being on that date with me. Oh, cool. And so I was like, there is nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> Nothing else better to do than throw yeah, axes. Exactly. So I was like, well, I'm going to go do something I want to do. And if she has fun, that's great. But she was actually... Uh, she was actually better at it than me. Okay. 
the axe throwing. Uh, I found out later that her dad has his own little axe throwing setup right outside their house, oh, and nice. they've been doing that for years. So, I mean, it is documented now on <laughs> oh yeah you know, on podcast that she did do better than me, oh yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's part of the story too because <laughs> the way the axe throwing worked, you know, you're up at the line or mm-hmm. you're back behind the tables right. sort of deal, and. Uh, she said that later on she realized, oh man, I, I haven't even talked to this guy yet. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. So she's like, oh. you know, it was her cousin that's married to my best friend. And so uh, they were the ones that set us up. And she was like, I'm going to be asked so many questions, you know, and I know nothing about him. And so <laughs> she was like, all right. So we're going to we're going to throw axes. This is the last game anyway. Loser buys coffee. And so I bought her coffee and uh, <laughs> we just hung out. We closed the coffee shop down and just chatted for yeah. several hours. And it was great. It was so much fun and just never looked back. Um, she was home on furlough. Uh, I'll, you know, if she gets to share her story at some point, but um She's been in Zambia since 2018. And so she was home on furlough while I was unemployed and had a wide open schedule. Mm. And just (laughs) convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's something to this whole God thing, you know? (laughs) More people get on board with it. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, it was funny. We got engaged the Valentine's weekend. So (laughs) started dating basically January. 2021? Yeah. Six weeks later, uh, got engaged. Um, And it was just, it was clear. I mean, the whole time we were dating, it was very obvious that uh, number one, if this was going somewhere, uh, well, that was the goal. We were trying to find if it was going somewhere. And then number one, if it was going somewhere, I'm not taking a missionary off the field. Right. Mm. You know, it, <laughs> Luke 10, 2 doesn't say mm. that the laborers are enough. So now you can start marrying and pulling single women off the mission <laughs> field. That's not what it says. And so it was either, you know, either we're both going, like there's something for both of us there mm. or like it, it's not going to work, you know? Yeah. And so it just became really obvious what the Lord was doing. And uh, I also went and talked to the same like eight people or whatever, eight men that are my wise counsel and told them, all right, so I know I just quit my job in the middle of the pandemic and I know I just met this girl, but I think I'm going to marry her. What do you think? <laughs> and I expected some of them to be like, uh, no, no, you need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. But they, they, all of them, all of them, all of them said the same thing They wow. They said, you know, Austin, 99% of the time, I would tell somebody in your position that this is irrational. But in your case, I really do think it is God. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, come on. <laughs> so great. I'm jumping in with both feet. And so, yeah, that was the rest is history. Wow. So you did reference uh, that the, there was something there for you. Mm-hmm. So was that in marriage, but you also have mission work that you're yeah. doing there as well. So take um, unpack that a little bit. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, Tessa and I, we work with an organization called Overland Missions. Um, and the ministry focus is on the rural and neglected people groups around the world. Okay. 
so we do a lot of work in Africa, specifically in the the villages and things like that. But our as an organization, our global footprint is massive, especially given the amount of staff that we have. Sure. So, wow. I mean, I don't remember the total number of countries we're in right now. It's at least 14, which wow. is amazing. And it's all rural and neglected people groups. So, mm. um, like we, we have a team that's, you know, in Angola yeah. and their, their goal is not to reach the people in the cities. There, there's some places that some of our teammates, they, they get on one of those little tiny planes, they fly it as far mm. as they can. And then they hike up a mountain for like a day and a half and then camp up there with the people yeah. and then hike back down and wow. <laughs> go back home. It's insane. It's wow. crazy. That's cool. Um, yeah. Tessa and I, our, our base is really spoiled at the moment um, because we have the privilege of living in a city and renting a house. And a lot of the villages that we at least are right now working with are within two to three hours away oh, wow. on and driving. And so we can take day trips if we want. But yeah. um, what we found is that uh, lots of organizations can take day trips. Wow. Lots of people can come and go and pass out whatever they're going to pass out and right. then leave. Um, but there's not many organizations that will come in do nothing, no side projects, just preach the gospel because it has the transforming power for people's lives mm -hmm. and like be willing to stay in the area with the people. Right. And it speaks volumes to them. Sure. And so we've been watching life change in these areas that are amazing. So yeah. wow. it's been really cool. Wow. All right, Austin. So we'd like to ask all of our guests uh, toward the end of the podcast here. What is your favorite scripture? Now, when I ask for scripture, I know that's a very difficult question for some people sometimes <laughs> uh, because there's so much of it, right? So oh, yeah. for you, what I'm asking is what's your favorite verse or chapter or book or storyline even that continuously just touches your heart yeah so for me the the number one verse that i is that is becoming my life verse every day is galatians 2 20 mm. i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me mm. in the life i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me mm. And that's becoming more and more true every single day. And I think I might have uh, skipped over something earlier, but just like the the reality that has been breaking me free and broken off those addictions in my mm. life was just that reality of I'm I'm already dead. <laughs> I've already been crucified with Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a now reality. I don't have to struggle against that. Mm. And uh, I think Watchman Nee in his book, A Normal Christian Life, he unpacks this analogy of this group of men that are swimming in a river mm. and one guy starts to drown. He mm. gets out too deep and out of his depth, he starts drowning. Yeah. And they know that this one guy is an Olympic level swimmer and they're like, hey, go get him. And so he just like stands up and looks at the guy and just waits. Mm. And the guy starts going under more, going under more, and then finally goes under and like he like he's basically done and then the guy in just a few swift strokes reaches him and pulls him back to safety and so watchman he's like 
you know, you didn't have to wait so long <laughs> to get this guy out yeah. of the river. And he goes, no, if I, if I went before he stopped fighting, he would pull us both down. Mm-hmm. He needed to completely surrender before I could rescue him. Mm-hmm. And that was what the Lord has shown me is I had to wow. completely surrender. I had to completely give up every effort of trying, mm-hmm. every effort of trying before I could be free. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. Um, and then real quick, the, the other verse that I really want to share, um, it comes from Isaiah 60 and, uh, it's at the very end of the chapter, right before 61. So yeah, it's Isaiah 60 verses 21 and 22. And it says, your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. They're the branch of my planting and the work of my hands that I might be glorified. The least one will become a thousand and the smallest one, a mighty nation. I am the Lord and in its time, I will hasten it. Mm-hmm. And this is something that the Lord has really challenged me with for the year. And so it's not a mm-hmm. life verse, but it was something that he challenged me on because he's like, this is my promise for my people. Yeah. Like I will make you a thousand. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, whenever you go and you're sharing the gospel with people, can you look at people in the village? Can you look at people? Can you look them in the eyes and see a thousand? Mm -hmm. Can you see thousands of generations impacted based off of the word that you're sharing? And so those have been super impactful for me. (laughs) But yeah, those are my favorites right now. Ask me again tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. Yep. For real. So how can uh, listeners know more about you, um, your the work that you're doing? Yeah. Um, and how can they sponsor you? Sponsor, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. assist with fundraise, fund whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I honestly, and it sounds counterintuitive, but I like to make it a little bit difficult for people to partner with me because uh, I, I want them to talk to me. I don't want, you know, blind charity. I want to be partners with my partners, you know? So anyway, uh, if they just want to shoot me a mission, uh, if they just want to shoot me an email uh, at a Fairchild, A-F-A-I-R-C-H-I-L-D at overlandmissions.com, then I can talk with them more about partnership and sponsorship and things like that. And I would love to talk to them about it. I, I say I make it difficult. I really don't. I just want to interact with you face to face if possible. If you're far away, Zoom's fine too, yeah. stuff like that, even a, a phone call. In the, the website for your organization, in our, overlandmissions.com. Yeah, overlandmissions.com. Cool. And from there, you can So if actually, you're thinking you just want to drop him a million bucks, no. No, you're, gonna have, you're gonna have to talk to him. I'm sorry. It's true. No, I I, I won't accept it. <laughs> I, I want you to you know can drop you, me a million bucks if you want. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> uh, my my father's got a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. So <laughs> for real. If he needs to sell one for me, then he'll sell it yeah, for that's me. That's right. That's right. But yeah, from the Overland Missions website, you can. I think that's also where the donation portal is eventually, and so I can walk walk you through all that. Cool. But um, you can also sign up to go on short-term trips with overland missions if you want to all over the world uh there there's opportunities to go and we would encourage people to go um our organization had this amazing event last year and i could spend a whole lot of time talking about it but the it in a nutshell was through our personal relationships we're able to gather 
over 300 dignitaries from sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. So chiefs, kings, emperors, paramount chiefs, the wow. whole gambit. And they all flew into Zambia. Like we flew them in, ho- hosted a gospel-centered event, called it King of Kings, got to preach the gospel to all of these people and there are so many open doors from this wow and so if you have any interest at all in going in even if you don't but you feel like the lord is telling you to (laughs) seriously go check it out yes yeah and honestly you know what is a week in in the grand scheme of things what is a week right so anyway that's great that's my spiel no, Austin, man, we really appreciate you being here. Thank you for sharing your Yeah, your thanks word. for coming by, Austin. Yeah. Of course. So we're going to get you back on probably with your wife to talk about just straight up missions for yeah. like an hour. Okay, what great. you do, your mission trip and everything. <laughs> Only yeah. an hour. And then, uh, uh, well, hey. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, part, I don't know. We might have to end up going part one, part two, right? Yeah. Part um, one, Bible study and theology. Yeah. Part two, the yeah. practicals. Practical we'll, uh, application. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I'm but, just uh, No, I appreciate you coming by. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, visit us at thetestamentpod.com. That's thetestamentpod.com. And click on the gospel message at the top of the page. Also, you can click on the Testament Podcast tab and learn more about our podcast and see what our most recent episodes are that we've launched. In addition, we're always looking for guests who want to brag on God. So please send yourself or someone you know to thetestamentpod.com and drop us a line with your interest or email us at thetestamentpod at gmail.com. We'll send you all the information we need in order to book you for an interview. Remember, do your part. Help us get these testimonies out there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and then like and share our posts so your friends can see what we're doing too. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.